black woman, beautiful, powerful, resilient female of African descent with skin kissed by the sun. Conversation, a talk, especially an informal one between two or more people in which news and ideas are exchanged. We love being black women. Black women are ambitious. Black women are confident. Black women are diligent. We are tenacious. We walk out of our houses put together. We are many shades and personalities of fabulous. But we as black women don't talk about our dilemmas, current events, and what's going on every day that affects us. So we created this podcast as a way to laugh together, cry together, and have an open conversation about life as black women. Oh, that's deep. Black Women Conversations. Hey, Nicole. Hey, Janine. How's your week been? So this week has been, um, so you guys know I got back from Costa Rica. And I will say that Costa Rica is gorgeous, right? The the scenery is gorgeous. The trees, the wildlife, it's just so relaxing. And really any of these like Caribbean tropical countries are just going to be like nice. But y'all, there's black sand in Costa Rica. So nobody was really on the beach, right? Like nobody wants to walk on the beach. You look down and like your toenails are black. Really? Like I didn't mess my pedicure up. So most of the time, everybody was at the pools. And that was like consistent. So when we saw people in other excursions, I'm like, how's the beach there? And they're like, it's black sand. We're not on it. So um, there were there, there was one excursion. We did an ATV ride, which I freaked out and got really scared <laughs> um, and had to have uh, my husband. I rode back with him because I was just afraid I was going to flip over because there were so many bumps and we're going down the steep hill. And I was like, this is just too much. So it was like an hour ATV ride one way to get to this sort of like secluded beach and then like an hour ride back. Mm -mm. Listen, ATV rides, people die on those. You got to be cautious on an ATV. Uh -uh. So going downhill, I was like, oh, no, uh -uh. I need to mm -mm. can't do it. So on the way back, I hitched a ride, hitched a ride. But uh, it was fun. Overall, it was fun. Um, a lot of James's family was there. My sister, my mom. Of course, Harrison went as well. So we had a lot of fun um, spending time together. Of course, it's an all-inclusive, so we ate a lot. But one thing I do know is that Jamaica is a lot nicer than Costa Rica. I'm sorry. Like, it's a lot nicer to go to Jamaica if you're in the U.S. It's cheaper. It's faster to get there. So uh, that'll be probably my first and probably last time going to uh, Costa Rica. I can say I've gone. I've seen the monkeys. We saw a whole bunch of crocodile. Um, the wildlife was great. But the hills in Costa Rica on those resorts, I mean, you're walking all the way down, all the way up. I mean, thighs burning at the end of each day. It's like a constant, constant workout in Costa Rica, at least at the Planet Hollywood Resort that we stayed on, which is one of the nicer resorts in Costa Rica, because you know, it's a Marriott resort. But uh, yeah, first and last time. Mm -hmm. Not first and last. You know, I'm sitting here while you were talking about this. I'm like, you know what, Ken? Like, we have to go because it has all the animals. But I will say, Nicole, while you were talking about your ATV experience, I will say this. When Ken and I went to, where were we? Cabo? Cabo. When we went to Cabo, 
we had an ATV experience and there was somebody from our party that got off of their ATV and hopped on the back of the ATV with their man because they were scared, right? Now me, on the other hand, I drive like a crazy person on and off of the road as we now know. So I enjoyed it thoroughly. There were a couple of times where I felt like I was going to flip over, but I felt like this. I felt like I had all the proper gear on. So if I flipped over, I would be fine. And I enjoyed it. Like, I really enjoyed Like, I think that I really enjoy thrills. Like, do you like roller coasters? No? Mm, I mean, I could take them or leave them. But I mean, there's Got no it. thrill flipping over on a four-wheeler. Like, you could die doing that. Like, that's not... Like, I actually know of an attorney who was really big in Jackson, Mississippi. And shout out to Jackson, Mississippi. So if you're listening to this, you know exactly who I'm talking about. But um, died from an ATV accident. Like, uh-uh. No. Anybody got time for that? Yeah, Nicole. But I feel like they don't take you on a like an off-road experience that's so, like, complicated that you will have a chance to flip yourself over and die. So that's what I kept telling myself. I will say that. I did. There were a couple of times where I was like, oh, this is a little like I might be on two wheels, not all four at this point. But I really enjoyed the thrill of it. Like I did. And there was a point, I think, when we were riding that. So I was the last. So they put the, the women in the front. There are about 12 of us. So they put the women in the front and put the men in the back. So I was the divide between the men and the women. Them boys could not keep up. You hear me? Do you hear me? We were flying. The boys were like, junk, 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 like the little engine that could. We were gone. We left them in our dust so much so that we had to like stop the ATVs to go like wait for them to to pick up. No, uh-uh. These people, I, listen, we were going through water, putting our legs up as we drove through the water, going up Big mountains going down. I'm like, uh-uh, this is not. Now, I've done ATV rides before. Okay, let me say that. So I've been to Cabo and did ATV ride there. That land is much flatter than Costa Rica. Costa Rica is very, you know, hilly, mountainous. Mm-mm. Ain't no flat land there. Okay, so going down anything that steep is, to me, is petrifying. Like, I don't like going down. I don't like roller coasters that drop down really quickly. I don't like the dungeon drop, you know, that thing that takes you up 300 feet and just drop you. I don't do any of that. Uh-uh. I'm too <laughs> old to be doing stuff that's going to scare me to death. Like, mm-mm. But you know what's coming and you know at the end it'll stop, right? Like, you know that there's going to be an end to it. That's what I always think about. People can have of, heart attacks on those kind of They rides. can, but think about the number of people who ride them versus the number of people who have a heart attack. I would be the one-off. I would be <laughs> the one in 300,000 chance or whatever it is. That has like some, you know, experience that's, you know, deadly. Mm-mm. I'm not okay. willing to take that risk. I'm just not. Okay. Don't take the risk. I'll take the risk for the both of us. But did you take pictures at least of your ATV ride? I took, girl, I have video of me on ATV ride. Please post I have- it. <laughs> I will, I will, don't send it to me. I want to see. I want you to post it. We will post our ATV ride pictures. Both of us will. And we can see. And then maybe the, the listeners will send us ATV ride pictures too because- I feel like it's it's nerve-wracking while you're on it, but like once you get the hang of it, like you're just like, you know, just getting it. No? I will not be getting on any more ATVs. At least not ever. I won't say ever. If, if it's flat surface, yes. Like I've always wanted to go to Dubai, 
and do an ATV ride in Dubai. I think that that would be great. You're in the desert, but all these trees and lakes that you're going through, hills and rivers and valleys and potholes and all that. Uh-uh. Ain't nobody got time to be flying off no ATV. Mm-mm. Okay, so we're going to plan a trip to Dubai and then we're going to do the ATVs in Dubai with our head covered because you know that's a thing in Dubai. You can't go without the head covering. Too dusty to do so. Let's do it. Okay. We're going to do uh, it. All right, Johnny. So how was your week? My week was like energizing. And I'll say that because it wasn't super busy, but it gave me a chance to like get myself organized. So this year I've been very cognizant about some things, right? I want to be very intentional about how this year goes. And I'm not saying that I can control it because I'm very well aware that I don't control anything at all. All of this is controlled by God and what is preordained for my life. So I'm very well aware of that. But the things that God gives me free will for, I would like to be very intentional about what it is that I do and how I am operating in 2023, mainly because I don't want to bring any of the same mess from 2022 and 2021 and all of those years prior into 2023. But one of the things so you know how there are things that you struggle with, but they're not like big struggles. So you kind of just like sweep them under the rug and just kept keep letting them go. Well, one of those things is my addiction to caffeine. Now, I will say this, and Nicole, I already feel the piercing of your eyes through my skull. So I'm going to close my eyes and tell you this so that I do not feel your judgment (laughs) while I'm telling you this. Prior to 2023, I would consume about eight cups of coffee a day. And when I stopped consuming the coffee, I would then go on to consume Pepsi. Now, at some point around October, November, I realized that I was consuming more coffee and Pepsi than I was consuming food. Now, for most people, they're like, oh, great. Like, it's a diet. No, it's not a diet. It was a habit. And I needed to call it what it was, right? Like, I have a caffeine addiction. And I had gotten to the point where probably around noon daily, I would get these excruciating headaches. And I mean, the kind of headache where you want to turn out the lights and close your eyes and take a nap and curl up in a ball every single day. And the headache would magically go away if I had another cup of coffee or another Pepsi, right? So I had to be honest with myself and say, Janine, you're addicted to coffee. And really, it was coffee. It was not caffeine because the Pepsi, it would like tide me over. But it was the it was coffee. And I mean, I'd, I can drink the coffee black. I can drink the coffee with cream. I can drink the coffee with sugar, without sugar. I just needed the coffee. So, you know, good old social media can teach you things. Um, and I kept seeing these ads for this like mushroom coffee, which I haven't gotten it yet, but Ken has ordered it for me. So I'm very, very grateful. But I'm going to attempt to replace some of the things that I am addicted to and or some of the things that I might just, you know, should cut out of my diet um, with some alternatives. So while a lot of people are out here like, oh, I'm doing dry January, I am doing dry January, but I'm doing dry January, February, March, April, however long until I realize that like, I don't want to be addicted to anything, food included, sugar, any of it. Right. So I'm making some like adjustments and my caffeine adjustment is 
it's a struggle. <laughs> I will say that I had a Pepsi today. Um, so it's not cold turkey, but I'm being very cognizant of the amount of caffeine that I intake. And right now I'm going to try. So when it gets here, I'll let y'all know how it goes. I'm trying mushroom coffee as an alternative to my regular coffee and to the dry January. I'm trying, um, some wine alternatives to my normal glass or two or bottle of wine. So we will see how it goes. And no, Janine is not doing this because she thinks that she's an alcoholic or she has some sort of like heart issues or anything like that. It's not that. No doctor told me that I needed to stop with the caffeine. Not recently, I should say. No doctor told me that I needed to stop with the caffeine and no doctor told me that I need to stop drinking. I'm not an alcoholic. I haven't gotten any DUIs. That's not, it's not a problem. It's just me being more cognizant of what I'm doing. Like I need to, you know, take ownership of the nonsense that I'm putting in my body and try to make better decisions. So this is my way of making better decisions. Okay. So, so first of all, let's, let's back back a little bit. You mentioned mushroom coffee. Is this mushroom flavored coffee? Because coffee is made from coffee beans. So what are we making mushroom coffee from? Is it same thing, but we squeezing mushroom extract into the coffee? Help me figure out why that's not going to be a salty solution to your issue. So it will taste similar to coffee. It will not taste exactly like coffee from my understanding. I haven't received it yet. So once I get it, I will tell you exactly what it tastes like. But it is mushroom extract from several different kinds of mushrooms that naturally are supposed to give you the same kind of energy that you would get from caffeine. See, what I'm seeking is not necessarily the taste, right? So it's not specifically the taste that I'm looking for of coffee. It's more the energy that I'm looking for from coffee because I started replacing the last four cups of coffee because it used to be that I would have 12 cups of coffee a day, right? So I started replacing the last four cups of coffee with the Pepsis and it helps for not having the headache or the, you know, the weird like crash that you get from caffeine, but it doesn't really help because the next day I start the whole process over again, right? So I wanted something that was going to kind of detox me from all of that and still give me that same energy. And I'm going to try it because I've seen on Reddit, I've looked on a few blogs, looked on some, you know, natural like health blogs and some like alternative blogs to see what it's like. Um, so it should taste similar. I'm not expecting it to be exactly the same, but I expect it to taste similar enough and to give me enough energy that I hopefully will not miss regular coffee. Okay, I'm going to let you, you, you need to tell us what's in it. Like post the ingredients. Okay. Like the nutrition facts of mushroom coffee. Because girl, listen, oh, it don't sound like something I want to partake in. I'm sorry. Just I like, will try it. And if it's good, I will send you some. And then you can try it. And if you like it, then you can go on my, but you don't drink as much caffeine as me, huh? No, I'm not really a big coffee drinker. Now, I'll drink tea every once, you know, I'll drink tea probably maybe one or two days a week. I'll drink a cup of tea, but like one cup of tea. So not really that big. Now, I'll, I do do Diet Cokes. Now, I'll do a Diet Coke now. I'll do a Diet Coke. But other than that, mm-mm. for our listeners, I don't know if anybody thought when January 1st hits, this year is just going to hit just different. Like, I'm going to wake up and it's going to be like amazing, right? Anybody having a better 2023 than they did 2022 already? Like, let, let us know. Like, how's the first week of the new year been? 
Make sure you keep the emails and the DMs coming. We really, really appreciate them. And if you like us, if you like the podcast, if you've been listening to us from the beginning, which a lot of y'all have been, because when we get these letters, we can tell based on what y'all write us. If y'all have been listening to us from the beginning, please share us with your friends. If you love this podcast the same way that we love you all, share us, rate, review, subscribe, do all the things. We love all the things. Do all of those things. All right, Janine, now for the good stuff. What's on our timeline this week? Okay, so I'm going to just say this, that this person that is on our timeline is my spirit animal, like literally my spirit animal. Gabrielle Union is on our timeline this week. So recently, Gabrielle Union was on one of Ken's favorite podcasts, as a matter of fact, and it's called Armchair Expert, and it's with Dak Shepard. Now, if you remember Dak Shepard, he was from Punk. Remember with Ashton Kutcher, that guy? Yep, that one. So if you haven't listened to this episode of the podcast, I would suggest that you go check it out. So it's actually really good, this particular episode. Now, I don't listen to it regularly, but seeing as though Ken listens to it regularly, I'm assuming it probably is a good podcast. So check it out. But this episode in particular. Now, Dak and Gabrielle chat about everything from the way they were brought up to their socioeconomic status to what their college life was like. They, I believe they went to the same school um, and they talked about their water usage and how Gabrielle Union got like pinged for using too much water, even though she's turned her whole yard into turf, you know, whatever, all those kinds of things, you know, those L.A. things. Right. And they even talked about her most recent film, um, The Inspection, which is streaming on Prime Video right now. So that's kind of, I guess, what it was for. But, you know, Dax kind of just chats with people to get dig into their life. And he gets all of the, like, things out of them about life and the lessons that they've learned in a very, like, you know, friendly way. It's It's very, like, laid back and chill, right? So they were chatting about all the things. And as they were chatting for probably about over an hour, they, I mean, literally talked about a myriad of things, right? But the one thing that made headlines and specifically our timeline was the chat that they had about her first marriage to retired NFL running back, Chris Howard. So if y'all don't know, prior to being with this athlete, because athletes are her thing, she says that in the podcast, Gabrielle Union, before she was with Dwayne Wade, was with uh, NFL running back, Chris Howard. Now, the two were married for a few years. They were married from twenty, from 2001 to 2006. And she says that their relationship was dysfunctional from day one. She's very clear about that, right? She doesn't make any bones about it. She's like, it's, it was dysfunctional from day one. She said that they were gifted therapy. And even the therapist told them that they had nothing, not a thing in common. And she said that she thinks that the only thing that they had in common was their interest in other people. So something funny that she said was neither of them wanted to let their marriage get in the way of their dating, which I thought was hilarious because it was like they just kind of took a break to be married to one another only to turn around and continue to dating. So clearly they were just cheating all over the place between the two of them. So the part about this that made headlines in our timeline was the fact that she said that she felt entitled to cheat when she was in her first marriage because she said that she was paying all the bills and she was working her tail off and she felt like 
It was the spoils of the riches. And she got this idea that whoever had the most gets to do whatever they wanted. And she said that she she thinks that she got it from her father because she saw that her father, I guess, was the breadwinner and he just was out here doing whatever it is that he wanted, which is kind of common. If we really think back to the way that we were all raised in that kind of era, the man was the breadwinner. He was out here cheating. These men out here being breadwinners today and they're still out here cheating. But I digress. Let's go back to the, the focus. Let's focus. So this concept is one that we've seen on our timeline multiple times, right? And it presents itself in various ways. It presents itself as all of a sudden the woman makes more money. What does that look like? Is the husband out here cheating? Like we've seen this 15 times, 15 ways. We've seen this idea of like sugar babies and people leaving their spouse because now all of a sudden they're equal and they don't need them anymore. We've seen this present itself on our timeline a number of ways. And you all clearly are seeing this regularly and also experiencing it because you're constantly emailing us and constantly DMing us. And it's most of our emails and DMs are about infidelity. Now y'all send us some positivity as well, but a lot of y'all send us some questions about infidelity. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast for longer than hmm, let's say a month, you know us pretty well. So you know that Janine, myself, I'm not going to speak for Nicole at this moment. I'm a firm believer that the man should be the head of the household. Now, I will be honest, what that head of household looks like, my version of this has shifted drastically since, one, I became an adult and realized that life isn't the rosy picture that they paint for you when you're a child of fairy tales and princesses and Prince Charming and happily ever after. That doesn't exist, only in the fairy tales, right? And number two, it shifted since I've been married because, you know, life is real and the way that you make it is, is a thing, but it also comes with some like road bumps. So the idea that the man is the head of the household is not synonymous with him being the breadwinner. Now, I had a very difficult time detaching the two. I will be honest. There was a point that I held the belief that whoever was paying the bills got to do whatever they wanted because they're the one that's working hard and they're the one that's affording whatever lifestyle both parties are having. So they should be able to do whatever they want. Now, I will say it's a very immature thought process, but you can't really blame me because that's just kind of how our society has taught us. But I had to unpack this, right? Like I had to really sit down and think about where this thought came from. And I had to admit that it was a very misogynistic way of thinking. It wasn't for us, Nicole. Like it wasn't for women. It was because it used to be that men were the main breadwinner and men would just do whatever they wanted. And they would just make sure that the check came home and that the wife had enough money and things that she needed to take care of the house and, you know, make sure that they attended social events and such. But that's pretty much all that she was there for. And then he would come home and make another baby and then go and do whatever it is that he did for work. Like that's kind of where it came from. But why did I adapt this way of thinking? Cause that's not how I was raised and that's not how most of us were raised. And if we're being honest, we could see the toxicity in it, but somehow we still adapted it. I, I'm not going to say we, I will speak for myself again, Janine. I still adapted this way of thinking. It's mad toxic. 
I will say that. So I've kind of had to shift from that way of thinking, right? But I thought about this thing. And I thought about how I'd seen my friend's moms who had seemingly perfect, happy lives. And they stayed at home. They didn't have jobs. They kept the house. They attended all of the games, the plays, the meets, the PTA meetings. They drove the carpool. They had lunch at Barney's. And it seemed that their only real duty was to look pretty for their husband and make another baby when he wanted another one. Seemed pretty easy job to me, right? And all of things, all of the things in their lives went really well as long as they turned a blind eye to their husband's infidelity. Now, that wasn't the only part of this that I've seen. So that was the part of it that was a little misogynistic that I had adapted, right? On the other hand, I also saw when women made more money. Now, for me, when I saw women making more money and the women were the breadwinners in the family, it was a little different. So while they still played the role of the dutiful wife, they also had this like constant disdain for their husband that it was this like underlying like regret that they were with him because somehow they were being, you know, forced to be the breadwinner. Right. And then on top of that, I will say that they had a different, a level of distrust for their husband as if, you know, their husband was constantly doing something behind their back. Even when the husband was just a loyal, faithful husband, from what I could see, it always seemed like there was this disdain and distrust for their husbands when the woman made more money. But I will also say this, it was fed by the older ladies. And I'll say the older ladies in the church, because this is where I heard it, but I'm sure that there are other older ladies that heard it, you know, the, the elders that would tell us to make sure we don't put all our eggs in one basket and make sure that, you know, if you are going to buy something or you're going to purchase a house or a car, or he's going to buy it for you that you don't get anything that you can't afford without this man. It was almost this idea that like when we make more money and we have access to things that the man was just disposable. That's what I saw. And honestly, every single one of the women that I know that made more money than their husband. And I mean, all of them that I can think of now, I don't know y'all. Don't feel like I'm stepping on your toes. They always had a little bit of attention on the side. Now, I'm not saying they were out here throwing it back. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that there was always a man that was no more than a phone call away. That was not their husband that would drop whatever it was that they were doing to make sure that whatever this woman needed was taken care of. Now, again, I'm not saying that there was anything physical, but there was some sort of emotional connection, some sort of attachment that had these men dropping whatever they were doing to make sure that this woman who was somebody else's wife was taken care of. The car broke down. Oh, call Mr. So-and-so. He'll make sure it's taken care of. Somebody stranded such and such. Oh, call Mrs. So-and-so. He'll make sure it's taken care of. Now, y'all know, y'all know that woman who she holds it down. She's big mama. She keeping it all together. But she's got Mr. So-and-so on the side that's making sure everything is taken care of. Now, she might not be sleeping with Mr. So-and-so, but Mr. So-and-so is at her fingertips. Y'all know. Y'all gonna act like you don't know. Okay, so those dynamics, Nicole. The woman who was kept pretty 
princess in the palace who was just there to like look pretty and take care of the kids, keep the house, or the woman who was out here busting her tail, making ends meet and making sure that the house stayed together and was winning, cooking the bacon, flipping the bacon and, and breastfeeding the kid all at the same time. Those are the dynamics that made us believe that I'm not going to say us. I'm going to say me. That made me believe that when you make the money, you get to do what you want because that's just how we were taught. And I wasn't the only one. Gabrielle Union was led to believe that too, that money buys you the freedom to do what you want. But money really just, I mean, as we've seen, just buys you the freedom to act like a butthole because that's not, it's not any more acceptable because you have money. It just makes you a wealthier douchebag. So not only is this behavior toxic, I will say that it's wrong. It's really, really wrong. The more money you have, it does not make it acceptable. It just doesn't. It's never going to make it acceptable. Now, I'm also not saying that you should have some like no good SOB living in your house, living off of you either. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is like, we really need to think about our relationship with money and relationships because we somehow think that when we have money or have access to money, that it just gives us the freedom to run these streets. And that's just not how this goes. What do you think, Nicole? I think that you didn't said a whole bunch, boo. Um, so taking it back to back in the old days when your car broke down and your mama said, oh, such such going to take care of this car. That, if I ain't never heard it, because, you know, my mama was single. So now I know what those kinds of things meant. It also meant that we were probably out here doing bad stuff to get the money to then get our cars fixed. Okay. So, yes, there was some of that going on. Let's be real. There's some of that still going on. Some of that's still going on. Um, You know, we don't want to call it like that, y'all, but that's hoeing. Mhm. Yeah. And I know they're going to bleep this out. It's going to be a little beep ing on it. But y'all know y'all ain't right. Listen, if you are only with Mr. Henry because he can fix your car or your rent is late so you can go to dinner with him, that ain't right, y'all. <laughs> that ain't right. I said it. I said it. But I know we have to do what we need to do to get our bills paid and to also uh, make sure we're taking care of these cheering. I get it. I get it. You don't want to be homeless on the street, so you do what you have to do. Growing up, I saw somebody, you know, I saw people do that. So I'm not going to judge you. I'm just going to call it out. Okay, I'm going to call it out. In terms of uh, uh, of Gabrielle, now that you mention it, you are like a a Gabrielle Union. Like, first of all, you look like her, Janine. Y'all do favor some. And you're per- and I don't know her, right? We look at Gabrielle on the big screen and we watch her do interviews and we think she's my best friend. Like I know her and so I can speak on her. I can't speak on this woman. I love Gabrielle Union as an, a- as an actress. Let me say that because I don't know her from Adam, but I love her as an actress. And what I've seen of her personality that she's allowed to show on interviews, I like that as well. And that shown personality and Janine's real personality are very, very, very similar. Okay. So I will say that they are very, very similar. But Gabby, now, you know, you, why did one, why did you even have to put your business out there? Maybe let's start there. I don't know why we even spoke on the first husband. Why, why did we speak on that? 
Okay. But we spoke on him. So he here, he out there. Okay. He's getting his two minutes of shine. Everybody's Googling him, trying to figure out who he was. Okay. That wasn't making as much money as you. We trying to figure out who was he. He built like a football player, linebacker. Ah, we like it. All right. But to say that it was okay to cheat because you made more money, that's just wrong. That's just wrong. But one thing that she did say is that he was out there bad too. Okay. And so she felt like, hey, I'm making more money. I'm paying all the bills. I can one up you on this. Like, not only can I pay all the bills, but I can afford to cheat. Okay. And so she basically showed that she can cheat better because <laughs> she had the money to do so. And, you know, I can't really, I, I don't, I'm going to say I can't hand on it because I can. But when you're in a situation where you're like, you know what, this person is cheating on me and I'm making all the money. Like at that point, you have to figure out like, what, what are they here for? Like, what is their job? I can understand him saying, well, I let her cheat because she's making all the money. But why even let him cheat? And then you felt a need to cheat because you were making all the money. Why not just get rid of him? At that point, he's baggage. He's cheating and you're paying the bills? Divorce him. So I'm, I'm just very confused about why she felt like she had the right to cheat because she was making more money. If he was cheating, just let him go. And then you can go and do whatever it is you want to do that would not be con considered cheating. It would just be considered doing your own thing, girl. So that confuses me um, a little bit. But I take, you know, oh, what your grandmama and your aunties did to let Mr. Henry pay the car note or fix your fix your car when it's broke down, completely different than cheating because you make more money. That that Those two things don't go together to me, Johnny. Make it make sense because the two don't go. Okay, so let me tell you one thing. We're making the assumption that he cheated first in the relationship. That she didn't say he cheated first. He, she said that he cheated too. So she could have been the one out here cheating. And she said that they, you know, in the, in the conversation, let me tell you, Dax is a master at getting stuff out of people. He just talked like you, you and I are chatting and, and then just everybody just spills their guts to him. Right. So she didn't say that he, like I said, she didn't say that he was cheating first. So it seems as though they never stopped dating other people. They just happened to get married in the process of their dating cycle. So that's, that's clarification for that. And let me clarify the point where you're asking about how does what our mama and grandmama did have anything to do with this? Now, if we remember our mama and grandmama and probably great grandmama were some of the first generations of women that had to be breadwinners. They had to go out here and get jobs and they had to bring home the bacon and they had to cook up the bacon and they had to do all of the things that prior to then a man could just work and the woman would just stay at home, right? These are the first few generations of women that were working and actually bringing home the bacon, right? And in the process, I almost feel like it was like a safety net for them, right? Have Mr. So-and-so over here because if for whatever reason I can't sustain this working and taking care of the kids and doing all of this with this husband of mine, at least my safety net is over here with this man over here, right? Because it wasn't that the husband wasn't bringing home the bacon. It was that he might have been away. It could have been war. It was that he might not have been bringing home as much bacon. It might, it could have been anything. 
I know that at least the generation prior to us, that was one of the first generations where the women were making significantly more than the men. And they treated the men pretty much like they were making more money than them. They treated the men like they were disposable. And they had Mr. So-and-so on the side because he was the reliable one. Now, if you treat your man like he's disposable and he don't fix your tires or your car, your car broke down on the side of the road and he tell you call AAA and he ain't not coming to get you off the side of the road, it's because you done treated him like he was worthless this whole time. But Mrs. So-and-so over here is coming to pick you up off the side of the road, getting your car towed, get your tires fixed and get your car right back to your front porch. Okay, so I missed that. Okay. So you're saying that Big Mama's still married to Big Daddy and still, oh, ho, ho, ho. So I ain't used to that. Okay, now I'm used to the single people getting Mr. Henry on the side that can pay for the tie to get fixed. But, you know, that is, that's scandalous. Because what is your husband? Uh-uh. Big Mama them didn't do that. They didn't do that. They didn't do that. No, Big Mama them were just really good at it. So you ain't know that they were doing it. But Big Mama them did that. Because let me tell you, I know a whole bunch of Big Mama, they got one kid to look different than the mother kids, and you want to pretend like Big Daddy is the daddy of them kids, but it's not. But but let's say this, Janine. There has never been a time where Black women have made more money than Black men, okay? They may not have been able to get a job during certain periods, but the dollar, let's be clear, the amount that Black women made for the same job compared to Black men has always been less. So why could Big Daddy not keep up? That's a whole nother conversation. It is, and maybe we need to have another episode about that. But I am saying this. I know that from the generation before me, I'm not even going to go into grandma and great-grandma. I'll say that my parents' generation, I know several women who were the primary breadwinners of their household. Their husbands made great money. Don't get me wrong, but they just made more great money, right? And they had, and again, I'm not saying that they were throwing it back for the man. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that they were having intercourse. But what I am saying is there was some emotional connection that was probably a little deeper than we should have when we have a husband with some other men that made sure that everything that they needed was taken care of. And we're not talking no platonic friends. We can act like platonic friends is a thing. Back then, but it was not, and it still is not. Y'all, we need to understand what platonic friendship really looks like. And it's not when I'm stranded on the side of the road, I call you before I call my husband. That's not what that is. No, 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 no. Listen, if you got somebody on the side that's going to pay something, you talk about you, you, I'm not saying that they were having sex. Baby, they were doing something. Topping off something. Ain't no man about to drop everything. And pay your rent with another man staying in that house or pay for a tire you fix that another man's going to drive, okay? If they ain't getting nothing in return, nothing is free. Nothing is free. I hear you. So, again, I'm not going to assume because I don't know and I was not laying in the bed with them when they were with a nightgown on down to the ankles looking fluffy and ruffly and matronly. I'm not going to say what they were doing, but I am going to say this. I know there's somebody that I'm thinking of very specifically, and they're not related to me, so don't y'all start going through my family tree trying to figure out who it is. They're not related to me. That 
she has been on and off with some, you know, several, she's older, older than me. She's been on and off with, with several people, but there's one person that if her car needs some maintenancing, that it goes to Mr. So-and-so. And if her sister's cars need maintenancing, it goes to Mr. So-and-so because Mr. So-and-so is her, is her dude, right? Now, I don't know that they'd be sleeping together or not. These people are old at this point. But all I know is that your husband is over here and he does what he does and he come home and you make sure that his beer and his hearty meal is ready every night. But when your car breaks down, you go to Mr. So-and-so over here. And not only does he take care of your car, he takes care of the family's cars. Now, I don't know how you're taking care of Mr. So-and-so on the back end, but I just know that there's some sort of exchange that's making sure that you are sustained in an area where your husband might be having a deficit. Now, I don't know their financial situation, but I do know that the house is in her name. I will say that. So again, I can just make assumptions based on what I'm seeing. And this is how, it, my point to saying that all of this, Nicole, is really this is how we get these ideas that when you have more money, you can just do what you want. Because people turn a blind eye when there's money involved. They just do. So are you ready, Janine, to talk through some of these letters? Let's do it. All right. So the first letter is from Heather. I love that name. It's so innocent. And it's Heather. And she says, Nicole and Janine, Happy New Year's, ladies. I think this one is going to be the best year ever. My husband cheats <laughs> and has been for a while. I mean, that's a way to start out a letter, isn't it? She said, before you pass judgment, I know about it and I am okay with it. The problem is now one of my friends knows as well and brought it to my attention. She saw my husband at dinner, hugged up with his mistress while he was away on business. Apparently, he took a side chick with him and my friend happened to be in the same city. When she told me about it, I acted as if I was devastated, but I wasn't. It was exhausting when I confronted him the first time I caught him. I was always worried about who he was with and what he was doing. He stopped cheating for a bit, but eventually he started cheating again. I realized by not confronting him, he treated me even better. When I call, he answers because he doesn't want me to think he's cheating. Plus, with him being away, it gives me free time to hang out with my friends, shop, and just take a break from him. When we reconnect, the sex is even better. I feel that if a man is providing for me financially, emotionally, and sexually, then he can do as he pleases. But ladies, how do I handle this situation? Should I just tell my friend I already know or just act as if I confronted him and we're working it out? Heather. Okay, Heather, it's a lot in here. Happy New Year to you too, girl. Happy New Year. But you just dumped it on us talking about some Happy New Year. My husband cheats. Like, Lord have mercy. Can you, can you give us some lube first? Jesus. Let me unpack this really quickly. Okay, okay. So your husband is cheating. You don't care. You're actually relieved because you get to spend time with your friends and do the things that you want to do. And you're tired of chasing this cheating Negro around. That's how this is going? Is that what's happening? You're tired of chasing the cheating man because help me make sure that I am understanding correctly, right? That's right, Nicole. We're tired of chasing the cheating man around, right? It sounds like she ain't chasing him around. She know he's cheating. She just doesn't know how to handle the friend. 
who now knows her husband. She know uh, the friend knows the she friend cheated on. Knows. So you cool with the cheating? I understand that part, but you are not cool. So what you're asking us is how do, how can you be cool with the fact that your friend now knows that your man is cheating? That's what you're asking us because that's what it feels like. Okay, girl, let me tell you something. Your life will be so much better when you stop caring what people think about you and your relationship. Want me to repeat that? Your life will be so much better when you stop caring what people think about you and your relationship. Because guess what? If they're not a part of it, I'm not telling you to let this friend go because she should be a part of your life if she's a genuine friend. But she's not in your bedroom with you, right? And guess what? Whatever you and your husband have decided to come up with to make your marriage work is between y'all. You hear? You and your husband. And unless you plan on practicing polyamory and inviting this friend into the relationship, why do you care what she thinks? Why do you have to come up with an explanation for her? You don't owe her no explanation. You don't owe her anything. You don't owe her the time that she spent on your phone or your text message or however she explained to you to tell you that she saw your husband hugged up with somebody else. Now, what you can say, girl, is this is a real one because she done brought it to you. So you know that she's not going to just let your husband be out here all crazy. So she is a real one from all that you've told us in this letter. She's a real one. So I would keep this friend close. But what I'm going to say is you need to give her whatever explanation you feel comfortable with without giving her too much of your business. Because there's a very fine line between easing her mind because she's probably concerned about this right now because you're her friend and she doesn't want her friend to be out here getting cheated on and looking stupid, right? So you need to give her something that's going to ease her mind, but not so much that you're now going to become the topic of conversation amongst your friends because you out here just letting your man cheat on you all left, right, and center, right? So basically, I would suggest telling her something like this. Yes, girl, I'm aware. We are working through some things and pray for us. So you can dismiss her, say, hey, hey girl, I know you don't got to keep telling me he out here cheating. We know you don't got to keep telling me, but we working through some things and give her, give her an action item. Pray for us. So now let me tell you why I'm going to tell you to tell the lady to pray for you, because it's real hard. If you, if she's a good friend, like I think she is, it's really hard to tell somebody to pray for you. And then they turn around and want to talk about it right now. They might cause they're human. But when you say pray for me, it kind of gives them an extra like onus, right? That they have to, they really need to be working through this with you since you want to butt your head into it. Now help me be a solution to this, right? Pray for us. And maybe they'll do that. Maybe they will pray for you and maybe they will let it go. And then when you give them an update, great. But as long as y'all stay married and it's peaceful and happy and you're okay with whatever's going on in your marriage girl I don't feel like you owe anybody an explanation but I do think you should ease her mind so go ahead and ease her mind and give her something to like you know be like okay I was a good friend give her that that attaboy that she needs but yeah don't 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 go too deep into this because you know girl if you have a friend like me she gonna be looking at you crazy like girl this man she let it go let him go so yeah I don't think you owe him an explanation what you think Nicole so this one is, this one's real, real touchy because I'm sitting here, I'm listening to you, Janine. I'm sitting here thinking about her letter. It sounds like she thinks she's in a good situation, right? Like my husband, I'm I, the bedroom good. The finances are good. You know, I get to do what I want. I'm shopping. He ain't worried about the accounts. 
like he distracted, right? So this sister wife, if you will, has really taken some pressure off of you. Okay, so what it sounds like. So um, this situation can get real nasty though, okay? If you don't be careful, the girl that's topping your husband off can now become the main squeeze, okay? All right? And then he can want to divorce you. And then you're going to be really crazy. So I will say this, get your money up. So while he's distracting and you distracted and you going shopping, get your get your account up. Go shopping, return that crap and put that cash in your bank account over on the side. Get your money up is what I would say. And number two, if you know he's cheating and things are good, let's have an open conversation about this. Hey, listen, I know you're cheating, but you're making me look crazy. Don't have me out here looking crazy. Okay, let's set some ground rules for this side chick, okay? Here are the ground rules. You can't be hugged up in public with these chicks. That embarrasses me because Sasha, my bestie, already saw you, okay? So now I got to answer to that. So don't be hugged up in public. I would set some ground rules on it, okay? And I would also make sure he gave me an allowance so that just in case he wants to step outside of the contract, you have something to fall back on, okay? So it sounds like it's nice until the topping gets too good for him to let go, okay? And then he wants to let you go. I'm just saying. So you got to be careful about letting your man do whatever he wants to do. Because eventually he could get tired of you, girl. And then you sit up there looking crazy. With nothing to show for it because you've been shopping and you've been having your own free time, getting your own mani pedi. Get your money up. Get get you go back. Get a degree on him. Get you another job. Move up in ranks at your job. If you don't have a job, get one now. Go back to school. Get you a degree. Okay. Get something out of allowing him to cheat. Okay. Don't be stupid and just sit back and think that this is gonna be forever that this side girl is going to be the same one, the same side girl. And then two, you think that things are going to stay the same. He's going to continue to, you know, have sex with you. When you want to, eventually he might find somebody so good that he don't want to have sex with you. Or he would rather have sex with her than you. And then you're looking crazy. So, you know, I wouldn't prepare myself. If you're going to stay, you stay because I'm finishing this degree and I got three more years. Okay. I'm getting this money up just in case he acts a fool, okay? Or you stay because you're getting the money up and then and then you leave, okay? That way you won't have to be fighting alimony and doing all this other stuff. You already got your stuff. You let the courts do whatever they do and they're going to award you, depending on what state you're in, they're going to award you the amount that you need to live every day, but you have your own stash to the side, okay? That's your reward for allowing him to cheat so long, but I would confront him. If you're going to say, this is what I'm going to be and I'm not going to ever divorce him. Okay. Get your side account and then have a conversation and say, listen, I know you're cheating. I'm okay with it, but these are the stipulations behind it. Okay. And if it's good for you, it's good for me. Don't regulate me. Okay. If I find somebody else, you can't regulate me. I'm not telling you nothing. You're not telling me nothing. So we effectively have an open relationship. Now, Nicole, I'm I'm here for the open relationship conversation and I'm here for the conversation. But it seems the reason why I didn't suggest having a conversation about it is because it seems that that's what he's avoiding is the conversation. Right. Because she said that when she confronted him about it, he he does he treats her better or something now that she doesn't confront him about it. So 
he's not mature enough, it doesn't seem to me, to have that kind of conversation. So, girl, I'm with Nicole. Get your money up. But one more thing, Nicole, that I wanted to add. Also, girl, use protection. Because unless y'all are trying to have babies, and even if y'all are, are trying to have babies, and he needs to stop cheating while y'all are trying to have babies. Because he, I don't know what his side chick or how many or how many he's rotating or what they're doing on the side, but neither do you. So we don't, if your husband's out here cheating, we don't want him raw dogging in us and raw dogging in all of them too, because we don't know them and we don't know what kind of hygiene they have. We don't know anything. It's already bad enough that is that we can get all kinds of things. And Dr. Plenty can tell you that what are all the kinds of things that you can just get from having normal sex, not, in, not including STDs. We can talk about UTIs and all the kinds of things, yeast infections, all those things, because we have foreign stuff going inside of us, those things are curable, right? But you know what's not curable? A lot of STDs. We don't want those. And you know how you can get those is because your husband is sleeping with multiple people and they're sleeping with multiple people. And then all of a sudden you got something, you don't know where you got it from. So if we are going to be out here, quote unquote, letting our husbands cheat, make sure that we're smart while we're letting our husbands cheat and we are protecting ourselves. That's the only thing I wanted to add. No, I, I definitely agree with that, but that also goes to the rules and the conversation. And, you know, he may not want to, he may be trying to avoid the confrontation, but I assume that when he cheated the first time she went, Oh my God, I can't believe you cheated me. You know, she came at it very emotional. I'm leaving or not, you know, it's probably a big argument. But if you come on some, some, you know, grown woman, like, hey, listen, I know what it is. You're a cheater. I'm okay with that for now. Here are the rules. You can't be raw dogging nobody. When I call you answer, I have to have unlimited access to the accounts. Don't lie to me when I ask you who you with. Like, come at it with some, hey, I'm okay with it if you're upfront with me. And he probably won't be like, oh, my God. He'll probably be like, okay, well, thank you for permission. I mean, you know, what else can he say? He's not going to sit there and deny it. Not when your friends saw him. Yeah, I don't know. I'm still kind of feeling some kind of way that you done, you, you're now flowing him out. You, he, he done flew him out. Like, it's a thing. It was one thing when you cheating in the neighborhood. It's another thing when they getting flewed out. End up what they call it, flute out. I know that's not proper grammar, y'all. Don't come for me. I, it's just, it's you're getting a little too comfortable. He, for you to be the side chick, he's getting a little too comfortable. Y'all hugged up in a different city while he's out on business. It's too comfortable for me. I need y'all to be the rendezvous in the back of the car somewhere. That's what I'm comfortable with. After that, you're doing too much because that's not your role. You're doing too much. Yeah, but you know, it, it would be more disrespectful you cheating in the backyard than if you, okay, you only see her when you're going on trips. Okay. Like, at least you're not, you're trying to not be caught up, you know. Girl, we're going to have to agree to disagree because I'd rather you be cheating downstairs in the basement. So at least I know who the hoe is. That's just me. Yeah, we're going to disagree on that. We probably need to have a um have an episode on like cheating protocols. Like, yeah, let's talk about the protocol. Just saying. Yeah. And not from the side chick perspective. You remember they we did the one about the side the man that had the rules for the side chick. Not like, from that perspective. From like a real, hey, we've decided that we're not going to be monogamous. 
look, if y'all are a couple, if any anyone who's listening, and this is very random because we don't normally do this in the middle of our show, but if you are a couple who has a successful marriage, about successful, I mean, y'all been married at least as long as Nicole and I, so five plus years, right? And you have an open marriage where one or the both of you is permitted to explore outside of the marriage and it is successful and you have a very um, succinct way of making sure that you all are respectful of one another, please write us because we would really love to hear it because most of this that we're hearing is a little janky. Now, we believe that it could possibly work, but we just want to see it. Like We want some real life examples of how it works. All right, Jenny. So what is your letter read? So mine says, Nicole and Janine, merry, merry, and happy, happy all of the holidays. Love you both. My girlfriends and I listen to your new episodes every Thursday on our lunch break. So if you read this, please say hey to my girls, Melissa, Sherry, Doris, and Mama Cynthia. So hey, y'all. Hey, Melissa. Hey, Sherry. Hey, Doris. Hey, Mama Cynthia. She says that they're from Third Shift. She says they'll know who they are. So, hey, y'all, y'all know who you are. And then she says, okay, so for the real reason that I'm writing, I know that y'all have talked about infidelity before, but here is my situation. When I first met my husband 20 plus years ago, he was the man. He sold high-end cars and pharmaceuticals, if you know what I mean. He kept me in the flyest clothes. And of course, I had the nicest ride. He even paid for my entire college education, including nursing school, so I have no student loans because of him. He was a typical man, and we have a typical marriage. So there was some infidelity, but we got past it. Now my husband is in his 50s and has since retired from sales, and he now has a normal 9 to 5. So the money isn't flowing as it did before. I make a significant amount more than my husband and find myself straying. Now, when he was financing us, I dared not to stray, even though I know he was cheating because I didn't want to risk getting cut off. Now that I don't fear losing him, I find myself stepping out more and more. My friends tell me that I need to quit it because I'm not leaving him, so I might as well just be happy with him. I'm just, they, they also say I'm just being careless. I know it's wrong, yet it keeps happening. Ladies, why do I keep doing this? Why am I like this? And what should I do? Signed, DT. So, DT, shout out to the third shift. But uh, it sounds like you must like the thrill of that bad boy, like that environment, right? So when your husband, who was obviously talking about pharmaceuticals, girl, we know what that means. So he was selling, okay? He was he was in car sales. He was selling on the side. So y'all were making a lot of like dough that y'all had to pay no taxes on, okay? So you had money, probably cash, hand over fork, and he was risking his life and he was living a fast life, but you were a bopper. So you were living that fast life too, okay? Now that you've gotten your education up, you make more money and you want that fast life still. But your husband in his 50s has calmed down. He's toned down. What does he look like being a dough boy in his 50s? He looked crazy, right? So he has a regular job. He's toned down. He wants to play house with you. And you're like, no, I still want that fast life, right? 
So that is what is pushing, in my opinion, that is what's making you go and cheat. Okay. Now you need to ask yourself, is your husband enough? And if your husband is not enough, instead of cheating on your husband, get rid of your husband. Okay. Don't disrespect him and continue to cheat. Now I will say this, you think you feel safe and that he won't leave, but listen, Nowadays, there are women that will scoop your husband up. If he can lay the pipe on it, they will take care of him, okay? So you sitting there looking crazy, but Miss Cindy down the street going to come and snatch your man while you're away. So you better be careful because it doesn't matter how much money your man makes. Your man working, okay? He has an honest living. He's calmed down. He's ready to be in the house. Some woman in her 50s, 40s will come and snap that man up, okay, while you out still chasing the fast life and the dream. So you need to ask yourself, is your husband enough? And if he is, if he is, he supported you all these years, you forgave him, he's not cheating anymore. Can you take some time to spend with your husband? Okay. Perhaps go to counseling, work it out with your husband. But if you feel like, you know what, he's just not enough, then out of respect for him and really out of respect for yourself, you should let him go. And that way you, you're able to do whatever it is you need to do. Nicole, I am 100% with you. One of the things that she asks is, why do I keep doing this? You keep doing this because you get some sort of satisfaction, gratification. You get some sort of thrill, as Nicole put it, out of doing this. Because, girl, it ain't no reason for you to be out here cheating. You're, you have not given us any indication, aside from the fact that back in the day, your husband used to cheat. You haven't given us any indication as to why he's not enough for you, as Nicole put it. Is he enough for you? Or is it the husband that you like? Or is it the fast life that you like? Because nothing in here told me that you liked this husband. It just said, all you told us about your husband is what he does. You didn't tell us if he's loving, caring, affectionate, how y'all met. You didn't tell us any of that. This seems like a very transactional relationship. And... Not to be in y'all's marriage or nothing, but y'all, you did invite us in, okay? So we're going we gonna to just sit here for a second. Not to be in your relationship, but I'm going to say this. It don't sound to me like you care whether the husband goes or stays. You know, you said you don't think that he's going to leave you. Girl, sometimes people just get tired of it. Like, he don't have to leave you because there's something greener on the other side. He sometimes could just leave you because this grass over here is wilted and brown. So he just don't want this grass over here. It doesn't mean that the grass on the other side is greener. It just means that the grass on the other side could be wilted and brown too, but he don't have to deal with the cheating. So be careful because he might not have the same mindset as you. And while you think that he's not going to leave you because you make more money, to Nicole's point, it's somebody out here that would take your husband with this nine to five because you didn't say he's not making any money. He, you just said that he's not making as much money as you. Now, here's the thing. It's somebody out here whose man ain't got a job and they will be more than happy to take your husband with his nine to five, right? It's somebody out here who don't have a husband and is just trying to make their ends meet and his ends could help theirs meet. So don't be so sure of yourself that he's not going to leave because you make more money. Girl, it's a whole lot of other things that are way more important than money. And while money does ruin a lot of marriages, please let's be clear. There is a group of people, 
there are some people in this world that do not place that same kind of value on money. Money is a tool, a utensil to get what they want and nothing more than that. So if they're really looking for a relationship or to change a relationship, if they're not being treated properly, if they don't have what they want, if somebody is cheating on them, they could not care less about the money. Money is important to you, my dear, but you might want to reevaluate this because money might not be a thing to your husband. And I would venture to say it's probably not because let me tell you something about people who sell for a living since that's how you put it. It comes and goes. Money is literally just, it's, it's like dust to them. They, can, they know how to make it fast and they know how to lose it fast. And they've probably done both. And they really don't put much value into it. So girl, I'd be careful because your husband, you can look up and he could be gone. For somebody who don't really care about how fast his money is coming and going. They just want that companionship. I mean, he seems to be reasonably faithful. You said at some point he, you had a typical marriage and there was some infidelity, but y'all still been together for 20 plus years. Okay. So he has some sort of stability. So be careful what you, what you out here doing. I would pump the brakes a little. I think Nicole and I are with your friends. Pump the brakes, girl. Pump the brakes. You're not leaving him if you don't want to leave him and you don't want him to leave you. I suggest that you keep your desires focused on your husband, okay? If it's not your husband, focus them on the Lord, okay? Yeah, y'all in, y'all, y'all in the 50s, this is time when y'all supposed to be trying to strategize about retirement. Where are you going to travel together once you hit retirement age? Not starting anew. What are you doing? I'm just saying. If he ain't, you know, cheating out here and not being able to out here, you know, calling out your name, out here. I mean, he's not beating you. Like, if any of those things are going on, okay, then we can, you know, hey, deuces, right? But if he's not doing anything, he's actually treating you well right now. And your only issue is that he's not making as much money. And girl, you got you got problems, you got issues. Cause you think you try dating out here right now. Shoot. Hmm. Okay. Anyway. So, Janine, uh, what did you learn new this week? Okay, so I learned that, and I think that we knew this before, but this is a study that I, that has come up from the University of Utah, and it was actually done at the end of 2021, so it's pretty recent. So 20 to 25% of married men cheat. They cheat. That's just what it is, 20 to 25%. So in my calculation, if we're talking about 25%, that's one in four, Okay. So you count out your your male friends, one, two, three, four. The fourth one is a cheater, okay? But we can't blame it all on them because 10 to 15% of married women, y'all, we all saw here bad. So if you want to have an idea as to what this looks like, about 25%, 20 to 25% of men, and about 10 to 15% of married women, they cheat. So getting married, thinking, oh, everything is going to be great, you got to... One in four chance. One in four. What you learned new this week, Nicole? All right. So what I learned uh, was from a study by the legal marketplace, AVO, and they revealed that 77% of women did not regret getting divorced and actually found themselves happier living the single life, even though they were worse off financially. Wow. That speaks volumes. Mm-hmm. They made the right decision, made the right decision. And the money wasn't going to change a thing. Mm -mm. Nope. That's powerful. Mm -hmm. 
Are you ready for the motivational moment? Let's do it. All right. So this quote came from some anonymous writer, but I actually love the quote. And it said, love never paid bills and money never cheated on you. Let it sink in. Okay. So cheating or allowing the cheating due to finances is never a sufficient excuse. Have some self-worth. Leave if you're thinking about cheating or getting cheated on. Your dignity is at least worth that. Until we meet again. Pray, work, slay. And show off your melanated excellence. Bye! Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations is produced by Nicole Lee Plenty and Janine Brunson-Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or where you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate us. You can follow Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations on IG at Oh, That's Deep BWC. Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations is a Mean Old Lion Media production.